between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Thank you because we know your manifest presence will bring access, access into life, access into truth. Thank you, Spirit of God. You are he who Jesus spoke concerning when he said that you will come. And when you come, even you, that spirit of truth, who will guide us into all truth for you will not speak of yourself but what you hear that's what you will say say so you will take of mine and it will reveal it to you holy spirit of god the searcher of the depths of god we hallow your presence this morning here in the fullness of your ministry your teaching ministry the ministry of unveiling, of revelation, opening, giving us insight, causing the dissension of the divine wisdom, that foreign alien wisdom that is alien to this world and alien to man. Holy Spirit, separated Spirit, we hallow your, your ministry this morning in our midst. We hallow you, we hallow you, we hallow you, you, we hallow you, you who, who lights up the heavens and who burns as a fire before our God. Even the flame of the sanctuary, who becomes the spirit of God, even in the most holy place, the revealer of truth, the unveiler of secret things. Sweet Holy Spirit, we honor you, we honor you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You're bringing the presence of the Father, the nature of the Son, even bringing us into their love, into their fellowship, the fellowship of their love. Sweet Spirit of God, we honor you. We honor you. We worship you. Thank you for that which you intend to do in every heart this morning. Thank you for your intention to light up the candle again to unveil again, to cause scales to fall, and to cause veils to be torn, to push darkness away, and bring about the reign of light, the establishment in understanding, the giving of doctrine, the teaching of the life of the Son and of the Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you. And oh, High Priest of God, our own high priest Jesus seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. You whoever leave it to make intercession for us. We worship you. We reverence you. Our master, our savior, our Lord, and our brother. We worship you this morning. Thank you for your ministry. And thank you. Speak to your father concerning us. Don't be ashamed of us this morning. Mention even our names, even in his presence, and intercede for mercy to flow. Help us to climb into help this morning, to find help, even grace to help. 
mercies from the throne that will bring thoughts from the throne. Thank you, our Lord Jesus. We bless you this morning. I ask, Lord, that in this time we have, that come and redeem this time. And may this not be a moment of any man speaking anything that he knows. But we ask that you take this vessel this morning and fashion it, break it again, and shape it again. Fashion it again and make it into your own vessel to speak your very heart and your very word this morning. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. You can have your seats in God's presence this morning. Praise God. Thank you. Can we appreciate the worship team? Let's just thank the Lord for them. They are growing in, they are growing in grace. And you will continue to increase more and more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please just say hello to somebody. Um, to your right or to your left, just give them a holy smile this morning, an anointed smile. Make sure your, your smile has spirit. <laughs> say, I'm happy to see you. I love you with the love of God. God bless you. Amen. Akarala Oshta Prince, Sister Princess. Esther Prananosia Taprahatoli Kalanste. Aramaita Mahatu Makion Sutumen, you forced to Pana Avenotis or the Prata. Ama Santa Santa, me Santa, him Santa, I'm Santa. Santa Mana was Sister Prano said, even to bring you this ministry. To bring you this ministry. Estesta for Prahara Mastoske, Ebranosia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Se catelia nata palia vatose, 
Ele Crioso Padiana Mataria Gadados, Padia Gadoshi, Padia Gadabas, Tadia Rosta, Eli Prahate Venoso, Tadia Gadaboshi, Cadia Rabos, Prania Nota, Eli Pra Macasun, Tadia Rabadabadaboshi, Cata Badabadabosta, Eli Bra Vanak, Tadia Rabadabadaboshi, Cada Badabosi, Cadia Rabosta, Ele Prehete Gadoso, Padiana Catalia, Gatalia, Gatania, Gamacatalia, Nama. It's my it's the calling I have called you to. It is the calling, the calling that I have called you to. It is the calling that I've called you to. It is the calling of me. It is the calling of giving my judgment. It is the calling of my judgment. It is the calling of my judgment. For these are the things that matter. These are Elohim's matter. These are Elohim's matter. These are the matters of Elohim. That in the grand scheme of things, of the grand and in the finality of things. These are the things that matter. These are the things that matter for they are Elohim's matters. They are Elohim's matters. They are the things that pertain to Elohim. For he has sworn that he will raise sons and it is by his matter, the weighty matters of him that he is given, that he has judgment. These are his judgment. He is given to men. He is given to his sons. He is given to his sons for he has called you for to be like him, for to be like him and he is giving you his judgment for his judgment I is in his thoughts his judgment I am communicating his thoughts he has sent me he has sent me onto this ministry of delivering his thoughts to you of delivering his judgment to you I am sent for to give you his judgment I am sent for to bring you his thoughts for you should be grateful you should be grateful you should be grateful you should be grateful you should be grateful, should be grateful. that much more than snatching you from the hands of the enemy. He wants you to be like him. He is giving you his judgment. He is opening his face. I have sent him. He has sent me to come to show you his face. To come to show you his face. For his face is opened upon you, yeah. His face is opened upon you, yeah. His face is opened upon you, yeah. Even my father's face is opened upon you. For you should see him. You should see him. He is opening up to you. For this is mercy. And he is hearing my prayers for you. He is hearing my prayers for you. For you have obtained mercy. You have obtained mercy. You have obtained mercy. For these are Elohim's martyrs. They are Elohim's martyrs. They are Elohim's martyrs. And you should fear. You should fear. You should fear in your heart. You should reference in your heart. Don't take it anyhow. For these are the weighty matters of, of being. These are the weighty matters of God. These are his things. These are the things of my father. These are the things of my father. These are the things of my father. And these are the things which he had committed to me for to show to you. These are the things which he had given me for to show to you. I am calm. I, your Lord, is here in your midst that you may see the face of my father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, I pray you help my heart now to, to arrive at that place of your love from where you speak, from where you want to speak. Help my heart to catch your attitude, to touch your heart attitude, your heart, your manner, the manner of, of your feeling towards us concerning what you have to say. Help us, Lord. Help us this morning. We hallow your table, your feast. This is your feast. Lord Jesus, speak to us. We receive your ministry this morning. Minister to our heart. 
minister to our heart and bless us. Thank you. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Praise God. Um, we thank the Lord for, for, the, for ministering to us um, this morning. Just want to say something about the tongues and interpretation. I know we have some, um, some of us who are, who are joining, who have just joined us recently and might not be as used to this kind of ministry. Or this is New Testament ministry, um, the gifts of the Spirit, praise God, um, the gifts of tongues and of interpretation. And these are gifts that are given in the New Testament to help the ministry of the Word. Amen. Um, so he's interpreting. If you're wondering where is interpretation coming from, it's just um, he's not translating the tongues. Um, it's not the gift. It's not the gift of translation. It's the gift of interpretation. So um, he's not hearing to see what they are saying to translate it. Rather, it's, he's keen into the same source where the tongue came from and trying to pull down the heart of the, the mind of the spirit. Amen. Uh, so we thank God for such gifts um, in our midst. Amen. And, and for the Lord helping us this morning. Let's just see if we can flow. I, I have a feeling in my heart to just kind of pick it up from Wednesday, where we um, left it off on Wednesday. Uh, the, we have had an emphasis throughout January, by God's grace, to look at um, things that have to do with found, foundation. So, so foundation is what needs to be in place or other things to rest upon. So it's what you build upon, praise the Lord. Um, we know that Christ himself is a foundation uh, well, Christ is the foundation of God, which we see in the scripture. Um, he says, we know that the foundation of God standeth sure, and let he that named the name of Christ depart from, from iniquity. Praise God. Uh, well, we know that we are seeing that Christ himself also has a foundation too. <laughs> and even though you might not be rendered too much in that way, but it's still a foundation. The foundation of the milk of the word, which is the beginning doctrines are the things you begin to learn first by the time you come in, become a member of the family of God or of the household of God are things that have to be in place which is an introduction to the life of the spirit uh, because Christ the nature of Christ is a spiritual nature Christ is the spiritual man is a um, Christ is the, is the creature the second creation of God According to how the scripture puts it, praise the Lord, the first, there are two kinds of men. The first man was the man after the order of Adam, which is the natural man, which is who God made, which is who we were when we, got, we were born, our living soul. But that's the first kind of man. God, after a while, then created another kind of man, which is called Christ. Praise the Lord. So Christ is called the new creation according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And all things are passed away. And behold what? All things have become new. So if any man is in Christ, he is new in the spirit. But the Lord, the purpose of Christianity is to bring that new nature into the soul of man. So that men will not just be natural in their soul. Because we've been students of the natural life all our lives before we came, before we came into the school of Christ. 
And in the school of Christ, they have to teach us another man. And so he's talking about, he said, Paul used the word old man, new man, old man, praise God a lot. He says, put off the old man. <laughs> and he was speaking to believers. He wasn't speaking to unbelievers. Those who are born again, he told them, put off the old man. That old man is the man in the soul, which has to be put off. So one can be born again, but have the old man in st still in the soul. Then you have to put it off by what? By doctrine, by learning. And we began to see on Wednesday that um, the purpose of the milk is to bring you to a place where you can be weaned out, um, praise God, weaned into the learning of knowledge, according to Isaiah chapter. Let's quickly read that place. Let's just flow um, any way we can today. Praise God. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 28. Many of us uh, prefer to eat strong meat today. We can just quickly move to the book of Revelation. And... <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, amen. Isaiah 28. Let's, let's see verse, verse 9. Amen. It says that whom shall he teach knowledge, right? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? But... Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the bread. So it's very clear those who haven't been weaned from milk are not yet students of what they call knowledge. It doesn't mean they don't know things, but there is the particular knowledge. And the knowledge here is a specific knowledge, which is the knowledge which is ordained for God's people to have. That knowledge is, of course, the knowledge of God. First of all, the knowledge of Christ and then later on what? The knowledge of God. And this knowledge, they are they're actually the knowledge of two lives, two kinds of life. Christ is a kind of life, but Christ is the life of a man. How many of you know that? Christ is what? The life of a man. Christ is not the life of God. The life of Christ is not the life of God. In fact, Christ has a God. Amen. So Christ, they speak the man, Christ Jesus, is just the life of Christ, the life of the man, the second man which God made. But so that learning the life of Christ is the first spiritual learning for a soul. Praise the Lord. The first word, spiritual, or it is the first knowledge for a soul. The soul, learning the life of Christ, is the first knowledge. Then that knowledge becomes a foundation in the soul to then learn the life of God. How many of us believe what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You need a foundation of the life of Christ. If someone says, oh, I'm born again, I say, okay, that's nature called Christ. Explain the nature of Christ. Sometimes there can be difficulty to explain, okay, differentiate between the Christ nature and the natural man. What is the difference between those natures? There are things. There are differences. And when you can x-ray and see the nature of Christ, after a while you now realize that this nature is actually, is the nature of a man, a better man than the natural man. But that nature is still, that is not still the highest form of nature which God wants to give to a man. That there's something called the divine nature as Peter wrote concerning. Praise the Lord. 
that divine nature is it's not the nature of Christ, it's the nature of God, which is the destination for every soul. Praise the Lord. Um, so this place, talking about teaching knowledge, we then saw from here, let's see Ephesians chapter 1. We read in Ephesians chapter 1 that this knowledge is not just knowledge of spiritual things, so to speak, because the knowledge of spiritual things begins from the milk of the word. Right? When you begin to deal with the milk of the word, that's when they begin to teach you other things, to learn other things apart from the stock market and how the economy works, praise God, Hallelujah. and how the real estate market works and technology and all that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That when you, you get born again, the Holy Spirit begins to teach you concerning other things like faith, knowing about faith, principles of faith. And principles of love. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and so um, we see in Ephesians chapter 1 that after this church had excelled in that knowledge, the, the first spiritual knowledge, which is the knowledge of what the milk of the word gives to you, Paul then began to say in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 1 that, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, that I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I love this. Amen. Um, that this is not to say that they didn't have revelation before or they didn't have some, some kind of wisdom before. But they must have had some kind of wisdom. Even in the milk, there is revelation, the spirit of revelation. Amen. And we saw one of the champions of the milk of the world, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagin. You saw he was a revelatory man. Right? He was a man of great revelation in his teachings. And he established the doctrine of the milk of the world through revelation. So this is not to say that these people were not the people of revelation, but what they didn't have is a kind of revelation which you bring to people which have been weaned from milk. And so it's the revelation that has to do with the knowledge of him, not the knowledge of things, but the what? The knowledge of him. So you see here that he should give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him then the colon, the eyes of your understanding. So when this spirit begins to operate in you, what will happen to you is that the eyes of your understanding will begin to be what? Enlightened that ye may know. <laughs> that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint is. Praise God. Now, when you speak concerning this calling, so the first thing that he said you will know is what you call the hope of his calling. And in Romans, you want to see what is this calling. Let us see the book of Romans. Chapter, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Amen. So when he said this calling here, he's calling. Say he's calling. So his calling is not the, someone feeling called to be a minister of the gospel. 
That is not this kind of calling. We're not talking about calling to do ministry. Ministry and um, being a preacher and all of that, those are also callings. God can call someone to be a minister, but that is actually an earthly vocation. <laughs> I mean, if you realize that, yeah. that being a pastor is not, when you go to heaven, after this place, you don't need pastors like that there anymore. Uh, so ministry fivefold and all of that is actually an earthly, it is an earthly vocation to accomplish a spiritual, a heavenly purpose. But the, the craft of the vocation, the vocation itself is actually earthly. Amen. Even though it, is, it has its own separation because of what you're meant to deal with. Praise God. Like an, a minister of the gospel has more pedigree than a professor in the university who holds knowledge, who can tell you about microorganisms and the most complex of creatures. Amen. They can tell you about different creatures, even the unseen, the ones in the depths of the sea. They can tell you about their life. And people have studied far and wide, but they, they have a lower pedigree than a minister who just preaches the Bible. Why? Because the minister is a professor or something higher that talks about the knowledge of God. So it's very clear the creator, the knowledge of the creator is higher than the knowledge of, the, of creatures, no matter how seemingly advanced the creature is. But you know, we don't respect ministers this day. Why? Because, you know, we feel like they just collect tithe and offering and all that. They just want to. Amen. And some people have gotten angry with them and blasted them. And Amen. It's not fashionable to be a minister <laughs> in this day. Praise God. Uh, because ministry is seen like almost like a backward thing. Uh, religion and all of that. But th- those days will soon be over. Um, those days will soon be over when men begin to see the futility of earthly pursuit, like Solomon did. He said, vanity upon vanity, heap them up. He said, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Amen. And there will be a time upon the earth when the knowledge of God will have premium again and people will realize, amen, that there is salvation in God. Amen. So concerning this calling, this calling, of course, is a spiritual calling. Let's see in Romans chapter 8 from verse... 20, 29, verse 8, 8, verse 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, that he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, from verse 8, let's go back to verse 8 to see what they're talking about here. I don't want to go back too much, but let's see 27, because of time. It says, He that searched the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So this is actually a conversation concerning the will of God and concerning what kind of intercession the Spirit, amen, makes, or is made by the Spirit. is actually an intercession concerning what? The will of God. And then he's now beginning to expatiate concerning this will. He says that we know that all things Work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. So you see that purpose and will are almost like the same, right? The the purpose is the will. It's the same thing. Is there a difference between the purpose and the will? There's no difference because purpose is talking about the, the will of an author or someone concerning something. Right, that's the purpose of a thing. It's the will. So he's talking concerning the, 
the will of God. And verse 28, so he says that all things are worked together for good to them that love God and who are called according to what? His word, purpose. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow that he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many what? Brethren. So whom he did foreknow, he's talking about anybody. That's all the people who God has foreknown. Foreknown, foreknowledge of God. He's talking actually foreknowledge according to the will of God. So he's, he's trying to, to extract and look at the, what is God's inward intention. That when God sees a soul, God can look at a soul, and God can in his heart, in the, that thing called, you know, in God, there's no difference between will and love. Right? In God, love is, God is love, love is the, love is the mover of God. God moves by the force of love. Love is actually the propeller of God. In fact, they say God is love. <laughs> right? So, and of course, anything is a summation. Every living thing is a summation of his will. So the summation of God is his will, and God's will is love. Praise the Lord. So in God's love, God, through his love lens, can, when he looks at his soul, he plays out the, the destination of the soul. I mean, in his love agenda. Now, of course, man has free will, and man can deviate from that agenda, and that's what breaks the heart of God. And that's what pains God, and that's what, you know, that's, that's God's problem. God's problem is just men, men's deviation from the, the counsel of his will. You know, he worketh all things according to what the, the counsel of his will. It means God has a counselor in the depths of his heart. The counselor of God is his love, his love intention, which, with, with the lens with which he sees souls. And he has a beautiful, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They are thoughts of good. They are not of evil, even to bring you to a predestination or an expected end. The expected end of every soul is a destination which God has seen in his love side. That which God has, that, that, that lovely, beautiful destination. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know that your soul has an end? Your soul is journeying somewhere. Even if you look at it, let's say you look at it not from God's own love eyes now, from your own eyes. We can, you can tell your soul's journey, maybe from when you became more conscious, the, the youngest memory you have of yourself. Think about your level of comprehension at that time and what was inside your soul at that level. You can see that you have been journeying by knowing things, accumulation of things that there are things your soul was not capable of when you were very, very young that it's now capable of by virtue of interaction in this world, like living. So the, poor, the word living actually is the journeying of the soul. As you are every day, you are breathing. Okay, let's do this. Thoughts come. Ideas come. Let's get this done. What's happening? As you're doing that, you are actually bringing about the metamorphosis of the soul. No, no soul can do something and remain the same after. Yeah. Do you agree with that? It's a principle of the soul. It's a principle. The soul journeys by usage. When the soul does something, it takes off that. It becomes a part. You can't do something with your soul without 
taking a bit of that, the nature of that thing for which you spend your soul. And you can't change that thing. You can't pause your soul. Say, okay, let me pause my soul now. I want to go to the world for like just two years. I will come back. And then let me just enjoy small party a little door. Amen. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't tell your soul, wait, that world is bad though. I don't want what's in the world inside you. I just want to go and enjoy a little. It's not possible. As you are enjoying, your soul is changing. You are changing metamorphosis. Things are going on. Things are happening. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, so, so this usage of the soul, um, God is very particular about it. It's particular about it. And this is where the development of man you know, comes into place. And men have to know that you become what you do. And in order to shape what you do, we have to come, they have to come to the area of what you know. Because men will do what they know. Yes. Praise God. So in this, um, in this vision of God for man, or this predestination, or his purpose, verse 2, then verse 29, sorry, it begins to say that whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the word image of his son. So this is clearly the destination of a soul. It's very clear. This is the destination of a soul to be conformed toward the image of what? His son. That's what God sees. That God's vision for every man is to become like his son, Jesus. Now, any person who falls short, in fact, that calling is what they call the high calling of God in Christ, is our profession, we've seen from the book of Hebrews, is our own word, profession, and is our own calling, the conformity to the image. Not getting born again. But getting born again is not the end of a journey, it's the beginning of a journey. Right? Now, the new birth is the calling into the journey. Let's read that from verse 30. It says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, I mean those who he sees this vision concerning, then, then he also called, and then whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, then he did what? He glorified. So he called them, he has to then justify them, and then after justifying them, the word justify means to be made what? To be made right. To be made righteous. Praise God. Now, what is the standard of God's righteousness? So when God says, I want to justify a man, what is that standard? It, what is that? Is it is himself. But when you say himself, ah, that thing sounds, you know, when you say himself, that's where, where God, God knows that men can't take that thing. You know? God, men will just give up. So, what do you mean? You can't, how can you say that? Well, God now said, okay, no problem. I want to raise a man. Like you, who will be born on the earth like you, who will drink milk like you and run around naked sometimes and, you know, and amen. Let me not say all the other things. Praise God like, like kids do. That's Jesus, right? He did all those things and I want to raise him from among you. And then I want to do in this man everything. So, when I, so that when I raise him up, no man can be, have an excuse. Do you understand so God didn't just come and say, okay, hey, be like me. God had been saying that for a long time. Old Testament, the Jews were oblivious, clueless concerning God. 
In fact, after a while, when God came down raw, raw physical manifestation on the mountain of Sinai, all of them ran away. They said, God, we're not interested in all these things. Moses, please, you are God's friend. Please go for us. Hear what he has to say. After hearing, come and tell us. So God realized that, ah, you can't come raw like that. Men will take off. Praise the Lord. Men will do what? Some of us, the kind of manifestation of God that our, our sorry, foolish natural mind feels we need is not what we need, you know? Is that an unbeliever? Say, no, I'm an atheist. There's no God. If God is there, show yourself. Come out. Amen. Now, that is an excuse. God already has done it before. <laughs> you know what I mean? So where is he? Where is he? We just look at the sky. The sky is calm. And then you see men insult God. God, you are nothing. Even your son Jesus did not exist and all of, all of that. But God has come down like that before. When he came, all men ran away. And then when things calmed down, they, now, they continue sinning. As if nothing happened. <laughs> that's, why, that's why God is not going to come like that. When God saw that, God now changed strategy. Ah, this man, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. We have, we, we, they need a Messiah. Yeah. Praise God. Who is a Messiah? A Messiah is the bridge. Yes, sir. It's the bridge. The Messiah is the one who, who men can, who men who have been helped by the Spirit can calm down and look at. And when they look at him, they say, ah, he looks like also. Mm, he even eats, he drinks. And that's what they were watching him. Those his disciples, they were saying, ah, this guy. And then he's saying, I am the son of God. I am he who came down from heaven. I am the bread, amen. As I'm seeing my father, what is, I see him do, that's what I do. Very outrageous statements. But they look at him, he, he goes to the toilet, he eats. And I see what I'm saying. That's a bridge for you. Yes, sir. Awesome, wonderful. Yes, sir. So God had to make, he said that because the children were partakers of flesh and blood, Hebrews chapter 2, that he himself partook of the same that through death he might destroy what? Him who had what? The power of death and deliver all of them who through the fear of death have all their lifetime be what? Be subject to bondage. Amen. Who was in the form of God counted it on robbery to be equal with God? Philippians chapter 2. But then what? Took on what? Came in the likeness of what? The, the form of a servant. Amen. Praise God. That was, that's the wisdom of God. So when you see Jesus, that man Jesus, who right now is a man... He's sitting right now at the hand of, right hand of God. And he will never stop being a man. Forever he will be a man. Forever. There will never be a time when Jesus has now left no longer a man. He's now, he has gone back to the eternal past Logos formation. No, no, no. No. He's a man. Praise God. He's a man. He's an eternal standard of God. That. When they see him in heaven, no man has an excuse. Anybody who feels you have an excuse, say, ah, God, you are God, and I'm just a small man. What can I do? I can't learn you. I can't be like you. May we never be that way. Because 
anybody, anybody who, who takes that position, when you see Jesus, you'll be ashamed. You know, there's a, a kind of mind, it's a religious, I don't know if it's religious, a kind of mind, is a, a, a mind that sees the things of God as impossible. That sees the standard of God as impossible. Amen. Amen. But you now realize that it's not actually impossible. That day you now see it's not only Jesus. So, that even there are other guys too. You, also see, you now see men like John there. John the beloved in that same standard. With that same nature. With that same image. What image? The image of God in them. Like John was writing in 1 John chapter 1. That which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled of the word of life. It wasn't talking about some, you know, that thing which God said that, that thing which we have claimed by faith. That will, will be one day. No. Which we had which we saw and we looked upon. They were not afraid of it. Looked upon it. What, what were they looking at? They looked into the perfect law of liberty. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but it's a doer of the work. That same shall be blessed in what he does. The, word, the perfect law of liberty is the, is the perfect law of God that can unshackle man from all his bondages and everything that ties him down to the natural, to the carnal nature. Amen. See, they looked upon it, and then our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And so these things do we then declare unto you, so that you also might have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellow, fellow means their fellowship, like in school, their fellowship of a knowledge. The knowledge of what? The knowledge that builds up the image of God. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So you see, not only Jesus, Jesus himself has company. In fact, let's see, let's read this Romans chapter 8. Let's see the reason for this in verse 29. The reason for the confirmation, why God wants people to be conformed to the image of the Son is, look at the end of verse 29, that he might be the firstborn. Among many brethren. The first among many. So that everything Jesus became, he should be the first among many. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 2. It became him by whom and for whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Bringing many sons. Now when you're talking about bringing sons to glory... You're talking about bringing sons to the end of their calling. Right? You said that the calling is at the beginning. There's the end of that calling. Praise God. In verse 30 here, it says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, that them he also called, and whom he called he justified, and whom he justified he did what? He glorified. So, so this glorification is the end of the calling. Right, which is 
That glorification is where he wants to bring many sons to, so that they might become what? Also brethren. So he might become the firstborn. So the word firstborn we're saying last time is also the captain of our salvation. Hebrews chapter 2, right? To make the captain of our salvation perfect, in order to bring many sons to glory, he made the captain of our world, salvation perfect through suffering. Amen. Amen. So that captain of our salvation, what is this salvation? So salvation is the journey to glory. That's what I want us to see. The salvation of a soul is the bringing of a soul. What is glory? Is glory just coming wearing something that's shining? No. Glory, <laughs> glory is talking about the, the reward that God puts on his soul that is approved before him. Right. A soul that is approved. The word approved soul means a justified soul. A soul that is justified means this soul has no fault. Praise God. Let's read. I'm just saying everything we all know. That's just we were flowing this morning. Is it okay to just be reviewing? Do you like them? How many of you guys still meditate on all these things and and they make you glad? Let's see Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. See, in Ephesians 1, you see the same concept of calling. Praise God. Thank you. Glory to your name, Jesus. Let's see Ephesians chapter 1. As Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So this, in this Ephesians 1, that's where later Paul began to pray for them, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened and all of that. But that was verse 15, where he started that prayer. But before that, Paul was actually, he was making... A, was making a case for the, their next level. Right? They had excelled with the milk of the word yeah. to a place where they had been established in the faith in Jesus Christ and has begun to manifest in love towards all the saints. Yeah. Now it's time for them to begin to move into the ministry of revelation that has to do with knowing the hope of his calling. According to verse what? Verse 18, so that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, am I correct? That you may know what is the hope of his calling. So to speak concerning this hope, he began in verse 1 just to speak about um, this thing. Let's just read from verse 1 and see all the things that Paul is saying here. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in where? In heavenly places in Christ. All spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings in where? In heavenly places in Christ. So it's very clear what they call blessing. You know, Paul was using, he was using a very enlightened sight. Praise God. And when they, when they say a person is blessed, 
When you say his soul is blessed, a blessed soul, a really blessed soul, is a soul that has received what God gives. Do you agree with me? If you are, there's a difference between someone who's being blessed and someone just being fortunate. You can say, ah, I was fortunate to get this and get that. And, amen. But when you say you are blessed, you are blessed. The blessing, the word blessing means that which comes from above. Yeah. That men cannot gather themselves and plan and organize and strategize. After they strategize everything, they have what they have is not, can't meet up the gap. There's that which cometh from above, which only God can give. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, that thing which, that thing, blessing, amen. 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 That thing which God came to Abraham and, and told to Abraham, said, look, I'm going to bless you. In blessing, I will bless you. Now, when God was saying to Abraham, Abraham was not really, I don't think he was a poor man. He wasn't like a poor man naturally, physically, but he still needed to be blessed. So God went to introduce Abraham to the value of things that come from above. Things that men, you know, that's a training, like we were saying last time concerning the attitude of faith. The milk of the world is to tune men upward. To tune men upward, to make men realize that, look, men, there are things that come from above. And that attitude is what the world wants to kill in men. The world hates it. There is a a hatred in this world concerning men who look upward. Rather, the government wants you to to be your God. They they stand here and say, what what is there that your God can do that we cannot do? We will do it. Tell me, is it your health care will take care of you? Even if you don't want to work, we'll still be sending you money. This Western whole arrangement is an orchestration of Satan. Now, they've even gone far now. They say it's not even just money welfare. No, we even were interested in your family life, how, what you tell your kids, how you raise your kids. Look, we are God. We are a God to you. So, amen. That's where they are going to. It's a, it's, a, it's a worldly sense. The attitude of man being independent from, from God. The world doesn't want men to look up, to stop and have dependency on God, on heaven. But thank God for the heritage of faith. The heritage of faith is that even if maybe you're, you're, you're doing a job and all that, but don't see it as your source. Blessedness is actually a positioning of heart. It's a posture. When you see a blessed soul, a blessed soul is not attached to the earth. When you see somebody who holds the air too much, ah, you need blessing. You need to, you need yes. to bless you. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. It's lack of blessing that makes a soul love things on the earth. Because you've not tasted of good things. Product of mercy. Product of grace. You've not enjoyed grace. Some souls don't even know what grace feels like. To live graciously. To live on the earth and know that there's somebody else are all things working together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. But men say, no, we want to work all things by ourselves and then stand and say, yeah, I achieved this and I achieved that by my hard end. 
my labor. You know that, that thing of I did it. <laughs> what man could not do, I came there and I struggled, I struggled, I struggled, and I got it done. That's a cost, man. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a cost. That's a lingo of cost. <laughs> Praise God. Like Adam was enjoying blessing in, in, in Eden. Enjoying blessing. Until God said, because this thing you have done, cost is the ground for your sake. That's why I said, okay, from now, in the sweat of your face, shall you eat bread. You see that thing of sweating. My hard earned labor is a cost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cost. Thank you, Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I've yes. come to bless. I have come to bless. I have come to bless. Even me, who is blessed of the Father. Mm. In me, who is crowned with the blessing of mm. the Father. Me, who is the fullness mm. of my Thank Father. You. I have Thank come you. to bless. I have come to pour my blessing on you. I have come to pour my blessing on you. I am calling men blessed. I am calling men blessed. I am calling men blessed for the definition of blessed is being redefined. I am redefining what it means to be blessed. For blessed is he that sees me. Blessed is he that longs for me. Blessed is he who sees me. For I am coming to give you sight for to see me. For your sight determines and defines your blessing. I am giving you my sight that you may be blessed. I am giving you my sight that you may be blessed. I am realigning in your gaze that you may be blessed for I have said blessed is he who delights in me blessed is he who delights in me blessed is the man who flourishes because his source is in me his dependency is in me his trust is in me his all is in me that is a blessed man a blessed man is he who sees nothing else but me a blessed man is he who stands in me and stands no confidence in nothing else I am 
the blessed man yes. and I have come to confirm a blessing on you I have come to give you sight for to see blessing for to see blessing for what shall it profit you if you gain the whole world and you have not me for you are cursed indeed for I am the blessed man and I am the blessing I have come to bless you oh thank you hey thank you Jesus thank you father amen amen Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's hear. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us. I love you said. The blessing is preservation. It's preservation. Any soul that's not blessed will not be preserved. 
because the only thing that can preserve his soul comes from above. There's no knowledge in this world that can, that can take care of the soul. All the programs, look at all the government programs, all the programs that in the society, in the society all the best they can do is position you to have a good income and to, to take care of your outward man. Have you ever seen a government program of soul development or salvation of the soul program? They don't even think about it. They don't even know what the soul is. Talk less of, when you try to talk about the soul, they shut it down, forget about the soul and all that. Let's just, let's, let's, be, let's help the outward man. Amen. Well, Paul said, even though my outward man is perishing, but my inward man is what? Now, what renews the inward man? That wisdom, that power, is it on the earth? Can you find it anywhere? It's blessing. Come it down from where? Come it down from above. Praise the Lord. I love this, this issue or this subject of blessing. This is actually what God wanted to teach Abraham. God, God, at the point he made mistake, when he went to naturally produce an hair for himself, God said, no, you've not learned the lesson. You've not learned the lesson. That is not about you having a child. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's, not, it's about, I want to sh- because I want to produce a legacy on the earth. Because when God found Abraham, he said there was a time when God wasn't coming to men anymore. After men had fallen short in chapter 6 of Genesis, that happened Noah's season. Praise God. Then later God found Abraham and began to talk to him about, I want, I want to create another legacy upon the earth. Apart from men just living naturally and looking downward, I want to create a legacy of faith, of a soul that can be fashioned to be blessed, to receive things from heaven and from above. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Check all those patriarchs, like you see Abraham, Isaac, and you see Jacob. Those were, God, those were, the, those were the, the men who God used to entrench the legacy of faith upon the earth. Say, out of you I will bring forth a tribe through which I will do my walking. But they, they, will have, they will be an upward people, not just a natural people. They will be a separated, different people from upon the earth. A nation that looks upward. Praise God. I love Abraham. Look at all, uh, everything. Thank God that God was able to help him to prevail. Then you know God got to, the, to Jacob, who was the generation that God wanted to use to birth the nation physically. Amen. And you saw his nature. When it was time for Isaac to bless, saw the other one called Esau on the other side, who had no clue, concept of blessing. He had no value for it. He had no use for it. He had a profane nature, that's a nature that does not value things that come from. You know, he, he to Esau, that, what, does that, what does it even mean? My father would just put his hand here and talk and talk and talk and go, what does that mean? That means nothing to me. Give me this porridge right now, let me eat. <laughs> that, that's the soul of not, men these, these days. Oh, so you mean that we will just come and sit down and be talking and talking, Bible, Bible, Bible. Come on, man. Let's go somewhere where things are happening. Oh, I have a word for you. By this time. Next year, what will happen? Huh? 
Sorry, I'm not making mockery. I, I don't know why. I was. I'm just trying to get. Please, please. I'm trying to get the point home. Okay. I'm not mocking anybody or anything because everything is mercy. I think I was saying last time, like, all of us who could have been born in a Muslim family well, in, the, in the Arab world, there's no chance we might ever know God. So it's not by any man's strength, you know what I mean? But we are talking and speaking under the mercy of God to bring the, the knowledge that God wants us to have. That someone can have the whole world, but he's not blessed. All your greatest desires naturally can happen to you, can come to pass, and yet you are not blessed. That's one thing you need to understand. So Esau had a profane nature. He sold his birthright. What does it even mean, birthright? You know what that birthright was? That birthright was the spiritual, you know, God was flowing in men. Like even in the loins of Abraham, at a point, he said that, he said that, um, that Levi paid tight in the loins of Abraham. It means that there was a spiritual connection you know, to his offspring. He was passing down a legacy of faith. And Esau said, I don't need really to care about all these things. I just want, give me natural food. But look at Jacob, what he did. You say, ah, Jacob cheated. But it's a religious mind that thinks that way. That to God, what Jacob did was righteous. <laughs> we are the one that think, no, supplanter, bad guy, crook. He was a crook and all that. Why did he steal it? But that kind of, so when God sees that kind of, so you are a rare man upon the earth. It means that you can take. I've come from the heart. I've seen the heart for the many, many hearts. For many, many, many hearts. I've got many, many, many hearts. I've been many, many hearts. I've been in the heart. I've been in many, many hearts. Many, many, many hearts. Thank you, many, Jesus. Many, many, many hearts. Many, Thank many, you. many hearts. Thank many, you. many, many in, 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 in the heart. Thank you. In, in, in the heart. Yes. I'm blessed to be in the heart. Yes. Many, in, in, in the heart. Yeah. Heaven is in the, the, the heart. Heaven yeah. is in the, the heart. Yes. Hearts. Yeah, I hearts. sense what the Lord is saying is that, yeah, that heaven wants to turn and shape many hearts to be like this kind of heart. Heart that values spiritual things. Yeah. And he said that there will be many upon the earth. Yeah, well, we are coming to a season where it will be as if men are just changing. Something is, something is going on. You begin to see even in, in churches, you just see people who are not interested in, okay, this time next year, okay, after that, please, can we be blessed? So, no, it's, it's nice. We like it. This time next year, we'll have a half. Nice. Thank God for that. But please, can we talk to us about, about blessing, about the things of God? This our God, we've gotten born again for a long time. We don't know him. We don't know anything about him. Please, can we, can we get to know him? God wants to, to reshape the hearts of men upon the earth. And he says there will be many. Praise the Lord. So I was saying that Jacob was a righteous man. <laughs> Even though we call him a supplanter, but the way God judges is not that like that. See, God, God values a person who has maybe weaknesses in the flesh a little that they need to help from, but has a, has a heart that, you know, you know, praise the Lord. He said, the heaven, uh, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. The heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. 
He said, where's the house that you built for me? All these things have my hand made, right? My hand have made these things. Where's the house that you built for me? And where's the place of my rest? Where's the place? This is God speaking. Where, where will I rest? Where can I rest? What kind of place can give me rest? He said, but to this man will I look, him that is of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit, and he had that trembles at my word. He had that trembles at my word. So the way God judges, God... God values a person who has even some struggles, some things you'd be like, ah, why should you, are you doing this? But he's aware of his weaknesses, or rather his heart trembles towards God's word. God prefers such a person to is cleaner to God than a righteous, pious guy that doesn't smile every time. The Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take this. I believe the Lord wants to say something. E prasefeti, e prasefeti, e prasefe me katali oso palianata, e priase pala bababanotia katevontia la patalia se pali genoshta, e libra atava malito e criate ventisto paliatania, e li katapantolisa pantia, pantia, le meke pantia, e make ma pantia, a make pantia, a la maca pants, I make my hearts pantia. My heart pants for men. My heart pants for men. My heart is panting for men. I am panting for men. I am panting after men that are longing for me. I am panting for the men that are longing for me. I am panting for men that are looking for me. I am panting for men that have no strength in themselves. They take no pride in their things, but they come under and they just say, Lord, help me. Those are the men I am looking for. For these things, there are men that are wise on there. There are men that are prudent. There are men that are great, but much more they are small and tiny and foolish to me. For I look for the babes. I look for the babes. I look for those who have no strength in themselves, who look up to me. For that attitude of just looking up is all I long for. The attitude of willingness, of looking up, of changing the gaze, of changing the gaze, looking up. For I raised men for to look up, but now men look unto themselves. I say, Look up. Thank I you. say, look up. Thank you, I Jesus. say, look up. It starts from looking up. Thank it you, starts Jesus. from the heart. For yes. that is all I'm looking for. Yes. It is the hearts of men I look for and not unto the outward. Yes. I judge yes. using the hearts of yes. men. Amen. 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 The Lord wants to raise people who are rich in their heart. Well, we are not just rich here. Who are rich here. You take riches of the heart to esteem spiritual things higher than the natural. The mind will tell you, oh, these natural things, you need to get this and get this. This is what makes you successful. The mind will say that because the mind is flowing with the world. But the heart, when you are someone is rich at heart, someone can, can sow the natural to get the spiritual. Praise the Lord. That Jacob, I was saying concerning Jacob, right? So you see a religious who prays every day, prays 
morning, evening, morning, evening, fast for 40 days regularly, but cannot deny natural things. Cannot, 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 like Paul said, like all these natural acquisitions, I count it all down for the excellency of, let's see that place. Amen. Shamalata Steprehaleski has us. Excellency. Excellency. Excellency of the knowledge. Christ. Thank you, Father. Master to pronounce. The Philippians or Colossians. Philippians chapter 3, right? Philippians 3, if you are there, say amen. amen. Glory to your name. Philippians 3, I'll just quickly read from verse 1. It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you, it is safe. I love what rejoice in the Lord. To me, it's not just saying be joyful now, be happy now. He's talking about find rejoicing in the Lord. Find, you know, what makes men joyful are things. The natural man, what makes the right man, natural man joyful is any kind of thing that, that is pro, gives a promise of some kind of gratification in the flesh. Anything that gratifies, either his pride or his lust, yeah. what he wants to have, yeah. or something that beats up his status, you see happiness. Yeah. And so, well, Paul is saying, look, I, I want to give you a counsel. Rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. In. Rejoice in the Lord. For, for someone to rejoice in the Lord, you must have... You must be surrounded by his thoughts yeah. and by his things. In other words, you must have content. When I say the Lord, it's not an abstract thing, the Lord. The Lord is there in heaven. No, no. We're talking about having been surrounded by revelation concerning his person and his nature. You begin to behold the beauty. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I might what? dwell in the house of the Lord to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. This was a king. This David was a king, remember? I have to recall, you know what I'm talking about. A, a king in those days is not like a president today. A king owns everything. I'm sure, David, you will find him, he was, you, you, you are likely to find him more in the temple than in the palace. That was David for you. He just said, I want to behold the beauty. I want just to behold what? The beauty. The beauty of the Lord. Amen. So to behold this beauty, where does beauty come from? Beauty actually comes from knowledge. <laughs> knowledge is what the, 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 the revelation, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, begins to raise an image in the heart. After a while, that image begins to look beautiful to his soul. Amen. So in such an, a thing is what... Men should rejoice in. Rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you, to me. It's not, it's not grievous, but it is what? Safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no word, confidence in the flesh. A real circumcised soul, that's the circumcision of the heart, which... The circumcision of the flesh of a Jew is a type of how God would like to circumcise the heart 
of people who worship him were in the spirit. And he says that these people, they worship God in the spirit. They rejoice in Christ Jesus. And they have no confidence in the flesh. This is a description of a blessed people. <laughs> Glory. Can I be described like this one day? I don't know. <laughs> it's impossible. Hi. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That though I might also have confidence in the flesh, that what I might means that if I actually wanted to have confidence in the flesh, I'm not bankrupt of things to be confident of. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he had whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Amen. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concealing, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Amen. This is what you call, this is pedigree in, the, in that time. These kind of guys, these are the guys that rich men go to. And go and submit. Ah, please. Because, you know, this law at that time was, it was there was a class to it. To be a Pharisee, it means you are the most learned of the learned. So to be a Pharisee means that you will not lack money. You will not lack anything. You will not lack status. This was a serious glory. Which Paul said, if I wanted to glory in these things, I could do that. Verse 7 says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the laws of all things, and do count them but dung, refuse, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is what? Of God by faith, colon, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made what? Conformable unto what? If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, neither were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of what? Of Christ. See, brethren, I can't not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling. Oh, are you seeing what I'm saying? Now, when Paul was speaking about this, he's not talking about apostolic ministry. He's talking about the inward journey. You see, he keeps talking about, I may know, he's not talking about that I may preach, that I may preach him and witness him and get all the souls born again. He's talking about his own intimate journey of knowledge. That I may know him. That I may know him. That I may know him. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of what is suffering, being made what conformable toward to his death. I think this is the conversation of a blessed soul, a soul that has been that has been helped out of the, the mundane concept, the wretched concept of just natural living. 
He has been helped to esteem the things that are spiritual. He has been helped to serve all the things that be of God and not the things that, what, that be of men. Praise the Lord. So this is the kind of attitude I was talking about the patriarch like Jacob that he had. Jacob all his life because of what God did to him. He just, he just knew, I need to pursue blessing. Not money, not fame. I just need to pursue blessing. Amen. It was the heart of, of the pursuit of blessing that when he laid his head on that stone and began to see, we're going to perceive hey, there are angels here. There's an angel here. If it was Esau, Esau would never know that anything is going on. It was the it was the quest of his heart. He was more tuned towards what? Spiritual operation. Yeah. Discerning. An angel, he saw an angel, he, he held the angel. He said, look, I will never let you go. I have caught you today. I will never let you go except what? Except you bless me. Now, the way you know that the, that blessing he was talking of, you know, we've prayed that prayer, I will never let you go unless you bless me. And when we are praying, we are praying for what? Our natural things. But that's not what he was praying for. Praise God. Because if that's what he was praying for, then maybe the angel would just do like this. Cars will appear, horses, men, all kinds of things. Well, no. But rather, it was a change of... of of, his, of, his, of his, his name that was actually had to do with you know, name was not ordinary in that, those times. You've been called Jacob. Today you are going to call, be called Israel. See, do you know what blessing that name is? They called his name Israel. See, let me tell you, Israel. Do you know the meaning of Israel? What's the meaning of Israel? What's that? Someone who, who wrestles. Israel means, Israel means he that, he that wrestles with God. <laughs> Are you getting the sense of what I'm trying to tell you? Israel means he that wrestles. And what kind of wrestle? Is he wrestle to beat God? No. Now, what Satan doesn't want, he doesn't want men who wrestle with God. He, Satan wants men who pray for breakthrough, receive breakthrough and go away. Next time you see them is when they want another breakthrough. God help me, I just need knowledge in my academics so I can pass my course. Amen. You get an A plus. Wow, awesome. What's the next thing? Job, job is the next thing. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? But... But an Israel, so when you say Israel, you know Israel is the name of every born again Christian. So the word Israel is actually the name of your calling. When they, they stamp your soul, when they raised you from the grave, this is an Israel. This is an Israel. This is an Israel. This is an Israel. When it says in Romans chapter 8, those who he foreknew, then those who is predestined, he also called. That calling is the new birth. The new birth is a calling. What they, they put a name. What's the name? It's a prophetic name. A name which you are meant to fulfill for the rest of your days. That you, that's why when you are in Israel, you can never have rest. Yes. But some Christians will kill that name inside of them. 
and, and go for comfort on the earth. But we are not supposed to be comfortable. We are supposed to be waking up every day with a desire to wrestle with God. You should be waking up daily with a hunger to be blessed. An insatiable appetite to be blessed. Every day, you see the gap between you and God should be painful to you. It should be, it should be a problem. It should be a problem to your life. It should, be, it should be something that makes you not settle. No matter what you get on earth. You know, Satan, Satan is wicked. That's just the word. When you say devil, this is devil for you. The devil's job is to negotiate with men. You see, that, that thing that's disturbing you about God, what can I give you to calm you down? And every soul is different. They have their own different price. Every soul has their own price. For some, it's just husband. Is he husband? You will wrestle with God, but once husband comes, ah, this is who I've been waiting for. Praise God. A wife. Wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You never discover. <laughs> For some, it's ministry. I'm, I'm a minister, so that's why sometimes I go there. I'm not, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about my own self. What? I'm talking about the kind of bargain Satan will make with your with your soul. Because at some point, Satan will know that. I can't give this one a can, make him not stop, stop wrestling and seeking for God. It's not enough. After a while, when you grow a little bit, what? Some guys can be ministry. Just give you a ministry, like when he came to Jesus. When he was about to, to, to when he came and became a young man. You know, you know what Satan was doing there? That was satanic mastery. He was just going from layer to layer. Okay, turn this to bread. Turn into bread. What's the meaning of turning to bread? Reduce your. You know what I mean? Because Jesus was a man of, of the spirit. He was a man of leading. In fact, how did he get to the wilderness? He was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So it wasn't about. It's not that there's not something wrong with turning stone to bread. After all, Jesus actually at some point brought bread out of nothing and fed 5,000. So it's not like it's evil to bring out bread from the spirit. But I, I believe at that time it was not the order to do so. Yes. To quench his hunger at that time. So that's one level of temptation that he brought to him. After a while, cast yourself down. Those things are deeply spiritual. They have to do with the things that gratify the flesh. Now if Jesus casts himself down and then the angel bears him up, what would that thing feed? Is a pride on the inside. Just test this thing. You know, because she wrote it in the scripture that it will bear you up and all, unless you dash your foot upon a stone. Don't you want to taste whether it's true? And I'm sure maybe before he said that, the even son of God. You know, before that time, before that temptation, heaven has just opened not long ago. And Dove had come down and said, with voice, this is my beloved son. The moment where you are most vulnerable is after an encounter. Hey, wow. Oh God. Wow. Wow. And ah, this is a new level. Oh my God. 
Then the ultimate one, it, it took him in the spirit to a great mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. He said, all of these things that I give to you, all their glory, if you just bow down and, walk, and worship me. I keep saying that you can never know what Jesus, what temptation that is. What Jesus saw on that mountain. You don't know, what does him all the kingdom of this world? Now, I'll give an example of, they just give someone a little money. And before you know it, fire just comes down. You know that thing of where you cannot meet your needs? Maybe, maybe before, you're not able to, you know? When it's time month to pay your bills, credit card or, or house rent or something, you know? You have to praise a little bit and exercise some faith. You know, things don't just flow, you know what I mean? There has to be an operation. <laughs> Amen. There was a time when having money in my account was a strange something, you know what I mean? My account was always in minus. You can't see, if you, see, if you don't see a minus, there's something is wrong. Is this, is this correct? Let me call the bank and see if they made a mistake. So, <laughs> my wife also had a season like that too. So, oh, you, are, you, are just, you are battling between minus and zero. <laughs> so, in that kind of season, it's easy to wrestle with God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey. But after you now get to a point where, ah, ah, it's time to pay rent. Things just flow, you know, you can just, you know, when you can do, um, or what they call them, automatic transaction. Because, you know, that thing means that there, there will always be something there. That's another level, you know? There's some level where you can't try that. <laughs> Amen. But it's a different kind of souls. Right? You see someone wrestle with God, pray with God and all, but when fame comes or other things come around the soul, that thing just dies down. So Satan is wicked. He bargains with souls. Like he bargained with, with, with Esau. He was just looking at that thing. Ah, oh, if I just eat this thing now, let's leave all this headache about, about inheritance and all of that. Amen. So changing the name of Jacob was what? Was what? Blessing. He made him a man who will forever seek after God. And God said, this is the man who will birth the nation that I'm looking for. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this thing about blessing, let's quickly go to, let's see that pattern of blessing in, of Israel. <clears throat> in, in the book of Numbers chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Numbers chapter 6. Praise God. From verse... Let's see verse 22. Numbers 6, 22. Praise God. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, and the Lord spake unto... Moses saying that speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying that on this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And then what? And I will bless them. Praise God. Now, Jesus was showing the pattern or the Lord God was showing the pattern of blessing through the nation of Israel. And he was showing that this is how you bless. And this is not a different pattern from the beginning. The first time God, you saw blessing was when God raised Adam. Praise God and created him and God blessed him. And said be fruitful and multiply. God blessed him. So you see a pattern of blessing in scripture. You just see it. A pattern of blessing. You see God blessed and said. You hardly see God blessed and then something appeared. Is God blessed and said. He said unto them. That's how he blessed Adam. When he went to bless Abraham, it was through saying. Saying unto him. When you saw the patriarch, when they blessed their children, they laid their hands. Remember when Isaac was blessing Jacob? When he blessed, even when Esau came later, he was able to find and try and conjure a blessing to to still bless him. So the smell of my soul is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. The Lord will give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth. We just began to pronounce blessing upon him. Are you seeing something? These are all to teach us something about blessing. 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 Anybody who has never heard has never been blessed. <laughs> to bless you, they must say to you, The pattern of blessing is by speaking. So when the Lord was teaching Aaron, he said, go and say unto Aaron. God said to Aaron, here, say unto, so to Moses, sorry, say unto Aaron and his sons, his sons are the priests, that on this wise, say wise, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's read that again. Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying on this wise. So it means with this pattern, with this wisdom. So he was teaching them not just what to do. He was teaching them, he was teaching a wisdom of blessing. How do you bless a people? The wisdom of blessing is by what? Speaking. It says, on this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. You must speak unto them. The Lord bless thee. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be what? Gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and then what? Give you peace. So, it was speaking, say, speak to them about the blessing of how you will receive grace and how you will receive peace. Right? How you receive what? Grace. And how you receive what? Peace. And then eventually I will then bless them at the end. So you know, discover that grace and peace, the speaking of things that pertain to grace and things that pertain to peace are the blessings. The first level of blessings for the soul. That's why every, almost every epistle is open. Grace and peace unto you. Grace and peace unto you. All the epistles because what is inside the epistle are blessings. So what are in the epistles are things which you must hear to be blessed. When Paul was writing to the, the churches, he was actually writing blessing. 
thing that pertains to blessing. Anybody that wants to be blessed and has never heard the epistle. Now, not, I'm not saying you've never read it. Because reading the epistle doesn't automatically make you blessed. In fact, beginnings when you hear. That which we have heard, which we have seen. So they heard before they began to see. You didn't see that which we have read there. It starts from hearing. Most likely reading what called before hearing happened. They didn't talk about that part even. Because many have read a name when they never heard before. Many read and never what? They never heard. But the way they bless the soul is when you can begin to hear that which is written right on the pages of the scripture. There's an operation of the spirit that then begins to speak it to you. You begin to hear. It's the inward hearing. The inward hearing of the world that makes the soul blessed. So hearing is a spiritual process. That the purpose of what is the written word is to quicken hearing. To quicken hearing. Someone can, you can, and hearing is not just audible hearing, all right? right? I'm talking right now, you're hearing, but it doesn't necessarily mean you are hearing. A lot of time, hearing occurs in the, when you are, in your, your, when you are sweeping. Something that you have heard before, you now begin to hear it. On the inside of your soul. So, you see, these, the epistles are actually, they are tools of, to, of, they are tools of oracles. Instrument to bring about hearing. See, the people should be hearing their God. Don't you think so? Yes! yes sir. Why? Because you are a sheep. That's what they called you in the scripture. He said, my sheep heareth my voice. Your, your, call, your mandate is to hear. That's why Satan will do everything, everything to configure the soul against hearing. Yeah. To make the soul yeah. defective in hearing. Yeah. To cause the clog up the ears and take away the attention. And make the soul busy not to hear. Because if hearing is constant, salvation will happen. Yes, sir. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. I know, on Wednesday we established something about the foundation which the, the spiritual nature will rest on is the foundation of faith. Yeah. Then Paul said, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So it means that there's something that precedes faith. It's called hearing. Now the hearing is not just listening to a message or listening to a sermon or going to church. We're talking about the hearing of the inside of a man. The spiritual hearing where the, the soul Hears the voice of the ash. Who is the shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The shepherd is the giver of food. The one who leadeth in green pastures. Actually, the job of a shepherd is the restoration of the soul. He restoreth my soul. Yes, sir. The healing of the soul, the quickening of the soul cannot happen without what? Without that spiritual operation of what? Hearing. And so that operation of hearing is actually the operation of blessing. How to bless the soul is how to hear. So no soul will be blessed until you have begun to hear the New Testament. Praise God. The purpose of 
anointed preaching of the word. Anointed preaching. And when you hear someone who is anointed, sent by Jesus to preach by his spirit, actually the main thing you are getting is not information. Although information is important. The skill around the scripture and to show where things are and how things are laid in the scripture. But one of the most important things that you are coming to do is to cut portion of spirit. To cut a portion of spirit. To cut a portion. I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about what I have experienced. I'm talking both from experience and from the scripture. That you can cut a portion of spirit that will be talking to you for three years. If you just keep talking to you. For this purpose, this is why God sent men. Why God sent men? God sent men to say, how can they hear without a preacher? Let's read Romans chapter. Praise the Lord. So, New Testament ministers are those who can make men hear. Who can, who can quicken hearing. Who can turn on the machinery of hearing within the soul. By the, by the mercy of God. By the grace of God. Amen. Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 10. From verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, and how, shall, how then shall they call on him, call in, on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as I have said, Lord, who had believed, who had what? Believed our word, report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Praise God. Praise the Lord. Faith committed by how? Hearing. Faith committed by hearing. And then what? Hearing by the word. Faith committed by hearing and hearing by the word. Let's talk about this, this thing of hearing. This, this, um, this um, even there's actually a technology of hearing that God has actually created. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So every Christian you're actually born again into a school of hearing. Your health, the way they measure how healthy you are with respect to the, to the fold of God, is actually according to hearing. The way a sheep, once a sheep stops hearing, that sheep has a problem. It's a problem to the shepherd. In fact, once a sheep is not hearing, its life is in danger. His life is in danger. It's a big problem for the sheep. Because of how the, the, the way the, the, the sheep is, is, the anatomy of the sheep is that so, so much is tied to their hearing. So much is tied to their hearing. Because 
A sheep is not wise in itself. Even a sheep's feeding is tied to his hearing. He must be able to hear the voice of the shepherd, to follow the shepherd, to be able to find pasture and to find what? Food. Praise God. So this spiritual hearing um, is, hearing is an institution. It's an instituted, it's, an, it's, it's something that is mandated in the church. That no Christian can exempt themselves from hearing. And I'm talking about spiritual hearing. Praise God. No Christian can then do what? Exempt yourself from hearing. There are all kinds of behaviors of Christians today. You see a Christian who will say, well, there are many Christians who believe that as long as I'm born again, I pray and I have a Bible, I'm okay. In other words, they, they summarize, they assume that the fact that you can take your Bible and flip the pages yourself and read it means that you know anything about what is inside the scripture. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The, the scripture, like Paul spoke in the book of 2 Corinthians, he spoke about the ministry of the New Testament. He said it's not of the letter, it's actually a ministry of the Spirit. <laughs> and in that place, earlier I began to speak about the ministry which they had received. They become ministers of the word New Testament, not to think of ourselves as being anything, but our sufficiency of God is of God. Have you seen that? Our sufficiency is of God, who has made us able ministers of the... Now, who did they make able ministers? Everybody to minister to themselves. No. Who had made us able ministers. Not, it's not our sufficiency. It's not of us. It's not because we are special. It's not because we have one kind of unique grace of personality. God is no respecter of person. But God chooses. Yes. God can choose a non-entity according to this world and say, you are the one who's going to speak my word. And say, I'm, I'm putting, giving this ministry to you, and he send you to a people. And then when he, when he gets to the people, he says, look at this guy, he's a non-entity, why should we listen to him? And they go away and do their own thing. And God can say, okay, no problem, I'll wait for you guys, you guys will spend your whole years on earth and, and die. And go away. And maybe another generation will come, and God will raise somebody else and send them to them. And say, That's the nature of how God operates. You, you can't tell God how he comes to you. Neither can you choose the vessel that he uses to, send, to, to, to come to you. Yes, sir. We are getting things upside down now in Christianity. Yes. You know, this is the time when you take a man that God has sent. You scatter, break down his life. So he did this evil, he did this, and you scatter him and, and make him into nothing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You forget that it's not about that thing. Is that if did God send him or not? If God sent him, there's nothing you can do about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're talking about these are the things which Satan, Satan knows. Satan knows where the life and the future of the church is coming from. Now he will stand in that place and attack it. He wants to break it. Satan wants to break trust. The trust in the pulpit. He knows he can see where the life of the church is going to come from. When you take away this pulpit, I don't mean this thing here, I mean what this thing represents. When you remove it away, the church of God is gone. What I mean by removing this away? When you take away the, the, the church's, um, how they esteem and value the order of God sending men to his people. 
when you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, that's the order. That's the order. God left everybody on the earth, went to one man called Abraham and his own lineage. He went and found one man called Moses. All of Israel were there. He took the one Moses, he sent him to the wilderness, waited 40 years for him to be ready. He didn't care about anything. When he was ready, he brought him back and sent him to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Not anybody can get up and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. But you can go and try it if you Say, well, my name is an Israelite. God is my father. Therefore, Pharaoh, you know, it's not by, it's not by what? You know, now when they got to the wilderness, now guys started having all kinds of strange ideas. Right? When they watch every day, ah, ah, only, only Aaron and his sons would just be going inside this hole. What's the rule inside that? Why can't I go there? So why is only Aaron and his sons going close? Why can't we all go? Then God showed them why. <laughs> you see the pattern throughout the New Testament. Even after the New Testament, after Jesus Christ left, the disciples were all there. They were doing their thing in Jerusalem there, but until Paul came, Paul told them, look, I've met Jesus, so Jesus told me this and this and this. When Jesus appeared to him. Right? What did Jesus say to him in Acts chapter 26? Hmm? When he was telling the story. Right? Unto these people have I sent you to open the blind eyes, to turn men from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto the power of God, that they might receive an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. Praise God. So when, when the apostles, they had their limitations until Paul came. When Paul came, they had to realize something. Look, if Jesus sent somebody, Jesus sent him. After a while, they, they, the Bible said they gave him the right hand of fellowship. And just told him, okay, these are just things, the things you would do, but go and do. After a while, the Holy Ghost came and spake in the book of Acts. He said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work for which I have called them. And they were separated. Are you getting the sense of what I'm saying? I don't know, it's like we are touching different things today, yes, but these things are very, very important. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. It says, how can they believe if they have not heard? And how can they hear what? Except they be a preacher. And how will they preach except they can send? means they cannot preach except they are sent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not the same thing as, ah, I know Bible, let me talk. And somebody who God sent, go and talk about me to people. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Do you agree with me? Praise God. Because someone who God has sent, the, that thing called sent, being sent by Jesus, is that you have a, they've given you the custody of something. It's the custody to quicken men to hear. You can have the nicest English to explain things, but it doesn't mean that you, you can impart spirit to a person that the person can take home with him. That can begin to culture the soul 
and begin to talk to the soul and they begin to hear that spirit constantly. Amen. Amen. So, so this hearing, say hearing. 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 So God actually, now, in terms of how God wants to give himself to his people, God now created a curriculum and then divided them according to different levels of hearing. Actually, when you look at the Bible or the ministry of the New Testament, it's according to different hearing schools of hearing. Now, those schools of hearing is what Paul called the oracles of God. What I call them what? The oracles of God. So, every child of God at every point in time should be in the school of an oracle. It's not just one oracle. They are the oracles. Let's see them. Let's see it in the book of Hebrews quickly before we close. Thank you, Father. Shemani and Trosius. Glory to Jesus. Um, I think what we are doing today are just skills for how to journey. You know, we need this skill and we need to be reminded of these things. Otherwise, Otherwise, we'll miss it. Look, it's so easy to miss it. It's so easy. See, it's so easy. It's so easy for a generation to, to get caught up in their own way. What I mean there, I mean the way of how they feel they should serve God. And a generation can get locked up in their own way, but be completely separate from the order which God has ordained. And God will never do things outside his own order. God would rather even wait till the people come on it, even if it takes 200 years, 300 years. I mean, if you know that God doesn't have a date when the world will end. Or when Jesus has, you know, there's a way we felt like it's written in heaven somewhere. No man know where they are all the time. It's one book, one secret book. The book of the end of the world where God wrote this date. On February, the, no, see, that's not the way it is. God does not. God doesn't know you. That's what February is. That's talking about your timing according to the movement of the sun and all of that. The way your days flip. To, to God, day, your day means nothing to God. Sun rising and he created the sun. You know what I mean? So that's not, God, God's timing is, when you say God knows the time, the hour. The hour is talking about, when you read the Bible, you realize about what statement should be for that to occur. That's just it. God's clock are souls. So if, if so, say, okay, we don't want, we are not interested in this thing. Like, we are, okay, God will say, okay, no problem. Let's put it under 5,000 years. No! Till when, <laughs> till when the soul, like prophecy, once prophecy is there, prophecy will just be hanging. Generations can come and go, it will just be hanging. It's waiting for the people. It's waiting for the people. Like David was describing the generation of them that seek him. It's a particular generation. It's not according to time. Until those people who arise, who lift not their soul unto vanity, nor swore deceitfully. Those are people who will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of their salvation. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, if in your own time, if you want to, how far you will go means how much sense you are able to gather. <laughs> Please, can you have sense very quickly? 
Generation of people who you all your your Christians have been paying tithe for thousands of years. Your own generation will come and say, "No, we don't pay tithe because tithe is uh, is against you." Bring up language. No sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you know the one of the greatest indications of stupidity eh? is when people speak boldly about things they know nothing of. Like you know, a sense of um. It's like marriage now. You don't even know what, you don't know what marriage is. You don't know where it came from. I mean, people have been married from, I mean, it's an institution as older than anything. And you feel you can just come and say anything concerning who can marry who or what should marry what. <laughs> Are you getting, it's a sense of, it's like, it's so stupid, right? It's so stupid. Or like the church. People say, no, the church is the church that, who, what, do you know what the church is? Pastors, this pastors are. Do you know what pastors are? Hey, hey. Praise God. The Lord will help us. Amen. Amen. So, so this order in the scripture, let's see it. Hebrews chapter 5. Praise the Lord. Um, I think we read this on Wednesday. It says, um, verse 12, quickly. It says, for... When for the time that you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the word of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their what senses exercised to what discern good and evil. Praise God. The verse 12 says, which time you ought to be teachers, that you have need that one do what teach you again, what be the first principles of the word oracle. So that what is the meaning of that thing called oracles of God? Oracle. So oracle here is not talking of maybe one shrine or something somewhere. The oracles just means the, the, um, the oracles is like a, oracle means that which speaks, yes. right? That which speaks, that which you get words from, that which orates, the, the source of the speaking of God. So, and these oracles here in plural means the oracles of God are actually, is they are, they are, more than one. It's not just one thing. What is God saying today? God is saying this. But oracles here, he's talking about, this is oracle, not just of maybe Rema. Right? That when you say, ah, the Lord told me to give you $50. See, yeah, that was the oracle. Just, the oracle just, or just speaking to me to bless you with something. <laughs> The oracles of God. Amen. <laughs> so it's not in that sense that they're using this thing here, oracle. I mean, does God speak about things? Of course. The Holy Ghost speaks about things like that. He can tell you, go and do this, go and do that. But that's not what we're talking about the, as the oracles of God. 
So oracle is actually, the oracles of God is talking about the organization of how they, how they, they sum up all the things that God has to say to man. That there is actually an organization of the way the heaven has organized the sayings of God. Praise God. There's actually what? An organization to what? In other words, organization and then also demarcation. So it means that someone can be hearing this oracle in this season. And after a while, when they grow, they can move and begin to hear another oracle of God. So oracle just means a type of speaking. It's a kind, it's an economy of words, an economy of particular things to accomplish a word, a particular word purpose. And so when he used the word oracle, then he now began to speak about the oracles. He was making difference, demarcation. You ought to be teachers. You have need I want to teach you again what? The, the first principles of the oracle. And then and have become such as have need of milk. So that word first means the beginning. So it means that the milk is the beginning of the oracle of God. Do you agree with me? Yes, sir. The milk is the what? The beginning. So it's very clear that the oracles of God is divided into the milk of the word, the meat of the word, and the strong meat of the word. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, sir. The milk of the word. The what? The meat of the word. And the what? The strong meat of the word. The milk of the word, the meat of the word, and the word strong. So when the oracle of the milk is speaking, it doesn't serve the same sorrow as the meat. Right? It doesn't have the same sorrow, and neither is not trying to accomplish the same thing that the meat. So people don't understand this thing. Now, when someone has been has been as told to speak concerning to people from an, a particular dimension of the oracle, which is the oracle of the meat, for example, or even the strong meat. Someone who, is, who was raised with the oracle of milk, but doesn't have know about the order, they are oracles. Can hear someone teaching the meat and say, ah, that's heresy, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What are you going to talk about? Ah, there's a difference between everlasting life and an eternal life. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So it's like you're taking someone who has been hearing only one oracle all their life. And then another, the, the highest oracle begins to talk from that. You know, the word oracle has to do with the level of resolution. The detail. The higher the oracle, the more the, the, the detail of the resolution. Before, all you know, it's just the life of God, the life of the devil. When you're born again, you have the life of God. Now realize that, hey, see that life? In fact, to start with, when you say life of God, you have to know what you're talking about. That there's the life of God Himself, His own life. Yeah. That's there's that one. Then there's the life of there's something God created called Christ. He's a creature. He's not God. 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 If how can what God created be God? He's a creature. Christ is a creature of God. At some point there was no Christ. After a while God created Him. He's a creature of God. A kind of man. He's not God. So they have two different lives. This is the life of Christ. This is the life of God. Are you seeing? There's an, there's an oracle that bring that separation. So when Paul was speaking to Timothy about study to show yourself approved, 
unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. It means that if you say rightly divide, it means there are divisions in actually the word of truth. Now, what I'm talking about now are skills to journey. If you refuse this thing, you will not journey far. You will just be, God loves me. God is in heaven. One day we'll go and meet him. That's all you will know. And things that when you, you, you stay on that for a long time, you get bored with it. Later you say, okay, let's go and create a new sector of the economy. By, let's take the kingdom to the marketplace. <laughs> One day you just wake up, ah, what else is there in this Christianity? Ah, let's go and win Russia for Christ. It's because you don't know that. Amen. It's like somebody has finished all the primary school curriculum, but you don't know there's anything called secondary school and university. When you finish, you feel that you are ready. Right? This is one trap that you must never fall into. I've seen champions of milk. And, and a sign of someone who has excelled in milk is like the sign you saw in the book of Acts, full of the Holy Ghost. Full of wisdom. And when, at that time, you know, Peter, James, John, imagine when they were strolling to the temple. Beautiful gates. See, those guys, <laughs> those guys, at the level they were operating at at that time, they were even, they were even handling anointing with swag. You know what I'm talking about? This is not. <laughs> they've eaten Pentecost. Pentecost, they've become Pentecost. Silver and gold, I have now. I'm sure you didn't say it with shouting, you were just swag voice, you know what I'm talking about. <coughs> Silver and gold I have none, but for what I have, give I unto you. Rise up and walk. Now, at that time, at that time, Jesus has come and gone. That they are Lord. That time, they didn't know anything about what Jesus was. All the time, all Jesus was saying when he was on the earth with them, they had no clue what he was saying. But they are coming to the power of the Holy Spirit. And they forgot that Jesus had told them, you see, I have many things to say to you. You can't really bear them now in John chapter 16. So, but how be later when the Holy Ghost will come, I will then reveal all truth. He will now guide you into all truth. That is actually a journey of truth to come. But those guys were full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. Miracles, all kinds of things were ongoing in the church at that time. And I know people physically like now who are like that. Men of the Spirit, awesome guys, awesome, wonderful souls. But you see that thing that they've heard, there's, an, there's, there's no awareness that God has oracles. That there are levels of knowing. There are things, this God, this God, this God who created everything. You know, forget technology. What is technology? Technology is here. See, and this is why I don't know why scientists are so proud. You know, I don't understand. Because, because technology is here. Nature is here. In fact, and I discovered that everything that, that science and technology is trying to do is trying to imitate what nature. What's already happening. What has been happening in nature for a long time. When I look at the car, what I see, I just see four-footed animals. Just trying to, I see when they are making robots today, you say, ah, this robot, I say, is this not what human beings are doing? You are just trying, why are you making it look like such a thing? Like you've done something so great. 
Like, you know, when, when they do, when they created uh, maybe, maybe wireless technology, mobile technology, you can just send data from here to one computer here, to another computer here. Why is it so important? Hey. Have you thought about the technology of me talking and him hearing? Is there, there's no wire, nothing. Is there no wireless? Are you getting what I'm saying? Why, why can't you think about that and celebrate God? Why was you? Why, why was you? You know, you're just trying to do little things that God has done since and forgotten about. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so let's not get to, let's just calm down. Yes. See this God who made everything, eh? There are things in him all. Don't try and summarize Christianity. There's re- there revelation. And this, <laughs> this revelation, the revelations of God, amen, amen, the revelation is actually in God, that the spirit of God wants to bring out, but using the scripture as an instrument for man to be able to what? Access. So, the purpose of the scripture is for access to the oracles of God through the spirit of God. The scripture is an instrument for access to what? The oracles of God. What? Through the spirit of God. The spirit is the author. For we have a more sure word of prophecy, which we do well to heed unto as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and what? Are you seeing that thing of, you start from the light shining in a dark place, he's talking about different oracles, different light, oracles that are, are, are portioned in light kinds, light kinds, the same way John in the, in the tabernacle of the Old, Old Testament was according to light. You join in with the sunlight, you get to the veil of the temple. Then when you gain access into the sanctuary, you see another light called the menorah, the seven lights in the holy place. Another kind of light for a different season of oracle, different season of speaking. Then you move through the second veil and say, ah, there's no candlelight here, but there's a light. The glory light, the hidden within light of God. It's another season of speaking. That light is also a, a, a light that releases voice as well. Like he told Moses, he said, from that place, he called that place, they called the most holy, the place of the oracle. Have you read the, the Old Testament? When Sloan was building the temple, they said that place, they, they call it the oracle, the most holy place. And God told Moses that from above the mercy seat, where the glory sits, there I will commune with you. As when Moses was hearing what? The voice of God from that place. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Amen. So, the Lord wants us to be equipped with an attitude. It's actually an attitude of journeying from one level. Never get stuck. Never settle. Never settle until what? The things that God has to say has been what? Downloaded to you. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 1, Beginning from verse 1, it says, God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spake unto the fathers by the prophet, as in this last day spoken unto us by his son, who being the brightness of his glory 
and the express word image of his person. So it's very clear that the Son of God is the in the Son is the oracle of God. Do you agree with that? In the Son of God is what the oracle of God. So what the Son is saying, the Son is the is the one who is the one who was raised to speak concerning God. The book of John chapter 1, he said, no man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. No one can speak about God apart from who? From the Son of God. So that thing called the strong meat of the word, which is actually speaking of God, is the oracle of God himself, the actual words of God. So what is inside an oracle? What is an oracle? An oracle means a dimension of the speaking of God. Is that the way they apportion the oracles of God is according to different kinds of life in the spirit. That each oracle speaks of a kind of life. You see, the beginning of the oracle, actually the milk is the principle of the oracle. There's a way Paul spoke about it. Right? Even though you can call the milk an oracle, but the oracle is to raise principles. It's actually the purpose of the milk is to develop the principle of how you actually hear the actual oracles. So the actual oracles are actually the two in nature. It's the oracle that speaks of the life of Christ, and there's the oracle that speaks of the life of God. But the milk of the word is to raise the principle of hearing. That's why the milk is to establish an attitude of faith in the heart through which one can begin to hear the oracles of the life of what Christ and what in life. So that will settle you that when it comes to spiritual hearing, what, when it comes to spiritual hearing, when you know you are really, the oracle is speaking to you is that you are hearing things that pertain to a life. Is it, that's how you know. If, if you say, God spoke to me, God, I heard God, I heard God. If someone say, I heard, I heard, I heard. A lot of people that say they heard God most of the time say, okay, what did God say? A lot of times, they will tell you things that have to do with their own life. <laughs> you say, but I thought you said you heard God. I'm waiting to hear about maybe things about God that I didn't know. <laughs> but most times, it's about you. God said you will be this, you will do that, you will have this, you have that. I say, man, you've not really heard God. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you know that oracle has opened to you is when you can hear things that is describing another life, a foreign kind of life, which is the life. Life is talking about the nature, the person, and what the essence of God. And that's what the epistles. Amen. So, so it's very clear that a blessed soul is a soul that is open and can hear the oracles. A soul that has dealings with the oracle. A soul that's moving to an, an oraculous living. An oraculous living where what? The life. The, the treasures in the spirit. When you look at angels, what they treasure, what they worship, what they, what they value are not the things of men. They are beings they see in the spirit. See, this nature are beautiful, wonderful, awesome. This is what men ought to have. What will save man from corruption, from decay, from destruction is actually the, 
man has to exchange his own life. And by exchange of life, you mean the exchange of his own knowledge, what he knows. And exchange that for another one, an incorruptible life. An incorruptible nature. What, is, what, is, what corrupts about life is the love of it. What corrupts a man are his desires, he loves, what he loves, his will. So if they want to say, okay, I want to make you safe forever, they have to introduce fresh things for you to care about. New things for you. The reason why God cannot pass away is that when you check inside his mind, there's nothing that passes away in his conversation. If they check your love, is car and house. You are gone. To finish you, just tamper with all those things. And you are, you are, you are done for. Hey. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to raise us up. Amen. He wants to make us powerful Amen. upon the earth. Amen. Powerful upon the earth. Amen. Let's just begin to talk to God this morning and just, just pray in the spirit. Oh, Panta kata la para la vasu shabanda la vasu siata pradiki enfata ta 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 Ripa Santa li kampa shahi kaso santi li branta la pata la prasu supru yosa. Embri arabazu hata parabaskuri kandala ta 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 Impa anta ampa eti lipranta sambrotaha. Mata, begin to pray for the opening of your ears. To open, the Lord will open your hearing. Your hearing, your hearing. So you can begin to partake of the oracles of God. So you begin to hear that spiritual faculty of hearing in the spirit. The faculty of spiritual hearing necessary for you to partake of the oracle, of the wisdom of God, that secret ministry of the Spirit, that ministry of the Spirit, whereby the nature of God and the nature of Christ is revealed to the soul. 
begin to ask for opening of your hearing. If healing needs to occur, let it occur. Let your ears be open and you can begin to hear. Begin to pray that you will begin to hear on many levels, on every level, every level, with the Lord desires for your soul to hear that nothing coming from above will skip you. Nothing, you will not miss out on anything that heaven is saying. Everything that heaven wants to download into your soul, everything that the Lord wants to put in you by miracle of hearing, that you will not be deficient in hearing. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, you said that no word, say, so shall it be. The word that goeth forth from my mouth, it will not return unto me void without accomplishing that purpose for which it was sent. Help us, Father. The word said that once have you spoken, twice have we heard. Lord, help us to hear twice. We want to hear twice. Twice hearing, that's the fulfillment of your hear, of your of your hearing. Hearing both your oracle of Christ and the oracle of God. We want to hear twice. Open all the channels of our our heart. Our spiritual faculty of hearing. Oh Lord Jesus. By these words this morning, Lord, we ask for there to be impartation of spirit. Release of spirit. Your oracles that will begin to speak. Let there no longer be silence in our heart. Whenever you have something to say, the flow, let there be flow, flow, a flow, the grace to flow with your oracle, hearing that will even quicken our sight, that will make us begin to see, we receive Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you for help this morning, thank you for your ministry, thank you for this great impartation, you will continue to build upon these things. Thank you. Holy Spirit, this is your ministry. Take these words this morning and let it go home with us and expound it, expantiate and bring forth clarity and make it resound. As Jesus said, you will bring to our remembrance all that has been said. May this be so to us. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your name this morning. We worship your holy name. Thank you. Thank you. We pray, Lord, and intercede beyond these four walls. Even beyond those who are hearing the sound of my voice, I pray and we intercede for your people, the body of Christ, for the church across the world, that the season of the oracle will begin to be open. In the name of Jesus. Your people will begin to hear you clearly, distinctly. The days of desolation and dryness upon the earth are over. Thank you because of seasons of great visitation. Even in this nation of Canada, in this city of Ottawa, we pray, oh Lord, for your oracles to be open. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. We bless your holy name, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Wells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for